Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies to help CMOs, marketing directors, and heads of businesses acquire more leads and sales. And today, we are talking to somebody who knows exactly how to acquire more leads and sales, but most importantly, Cosm is enhance lifetime value, enhance the client experience, make more of the customers that you already have, which is not something a lot of people really think about right now. They're all about like, just give me more customers. I just want more and more. I want more traffic. That's not what today is all about here. And I'm pretty excited because I don't think we've talked about this as in-depth as we're going to get into it today. So today's show, pretty psyched. We've got Scott Cunningham. I know you guys have known each other for years and years. We just met virtually, and we've been like in the same circles. I feel like we've just been missing each other here or there. But you're a connector, Kasim, so thank you for connecting us finally. Yeah, Scott's one of my favorite people in the world. If you're listening to this, he's worth putting on your radar. His resume is one that makes you think like, does this guy have 36 hours in a day? He's the founder and CEO of Socialite, which is one of the top Shopify agencies in the world, co-founder, managing director of Merchant Mastery. He was one of the first elite coaches for Digital Marketers Elite Coaching Program, which was upgraded to M3. He's now a mentor over at M3. He's an instructor at the University of Alberta. He's also always on the road. If you're going to a high-end marketing event, Scott's speaking, guaranteed. He's speaking at Traffic and Conversion. He's speaking at Affiliate Summit. He's speaking at Retail Fest, and that's all in one month in January. So it's impossible for you not to cross paths with Scott Cunningham if you're paying attention in the e-commerce space. There's more I could say, but I'd probably get it wrong. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for being awesome. Super excited to learn from you. This is great. Yeah, you guys, thanks so much. I'm so honored to be here. I know I'm talking to the Google goat, Qasem Islam over here, and the Facebook goat, Ralph Burns. Follow you guys, learn from you guys. Hey, man, just pump to chat and see what we can come up with. Yeah. In addition to all of that that he knows, he also knows that there's three periods in a hockey game and there's three downs in a CFL football game, Kasim. So that right there, I mean, he becomes immediately well-qualified to speak of perpetual traffic. All of your sports analogies are microaggressions and I feel, <laughs> I feel marginalized. <laughs> Oh, it's all right. Well, it's good. It's good. This is, this is banter time when me and you banter yeah. back and forth. So before we get into today's show, we actually really talk about some real good stuff. I think today's show, just to sort of tee this up a bit, is if you're selling something online, particularly a physical product, you have people that have already bought your stuff and you just don't really know what to do with the next stage. We talk to businesses like this all the time and custom, I don't, we can't really do a whole lot to help them. 
as an agency, but I think those folks, as well as the directors of marketing and the VPs of marketing that listen to the show, you're going to get a lot of value from this by the formula that Scott uses here in order to sort of get from, all right, my offer has a pulse to let's make it like a huge success, especially when it relation to Shopify store. So I'm really excited to talk about that because I don't think we've ever really discussed that. And he's got a formula to figure all that out for you. So Stay tuned for all that. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But before we get to that, Gossam, we are contractually obligated to talk about Traffic and Conversion Summit, which we feel, which you know, which I think Scott thinks as well, is the best marketing summit on the planet. It's coming up in January. I've got the special offer for folks. Still, we're running this through the end of the year. Lay it on us again if you haven't heard it already. So Clarion is giving us a ticket to give away. In order to opt in, all you have to do is write an honest review wherever it is that you post your reviews. Apple Podcasts is the easiest. So far, we only have eight, which means you have a one in 10 chance of winning if two more people apply before the end of the year. It's probably the best opportunity you're going to have to win a $2,500 ticket. If you win, Ralph and I will hang out with you. Ralph will buy you a drink. Or you can opt to not hang out with us if that's what you prefer, because our fear was that threat was keeping people from writing the reviews. Yeah. And you're going to be able to see me, Scott, and Ralph speak all at TNC. And if you don't want to opt in or if you don't want to join the raffle, if you just want to buy your ticket, you can do that too. Go to uh, trafficandconversionsummit.com. You can get 20% off by using promo code Perpetual Traffic. Yeah. Ralph, back to you. Well, you know, Custom, I've noticed as soon as we started saying that you don't have to meet us at TNC, we, got more reviews. we all of a sudden started getting more Perpetual Traffic reviews. So it's an honest review on wherever you listen to podcasts, give a review on Perpetual Traffic. And we're going to pick at random one lucky winner, $2,600 value. These tickets are not cheap. And to see a guy like Scott Cunningham talk, it's going to cost you. But here on Perpetual Traffic, we're going to be giving you this just a snippet of a lot of things he'll be talking about at TNC here on Perpetual Traffic. So stick around. We're going to get into our interview with Scott Cunningham right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com 
forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here with Scott Cunningham and we always ask every guest on Perpetual Traffic for a nugget that the Perpetual Traffic listener can immediately implement and see success. What hath you with a nugget for today's show, Scott? Yeah, good question there. So here's the thing. You guys know me. I only work with Shopify stores. We have two businesses. We mentor Shopify stores or we have an agency that takes over the work and we help them scale up. But the funny thing is, no matter what size business you are, and this will apply to other businesses, it's not just for Shopify stores, it's for anyone. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs come to me in the last year. I've probably had hundreds of entrepreneurs come to me in the last year and say, Scott, Facebook no longer works for my business. So then they go and try TikTok. And guess what? That also doesn't work. And then they go and try Snapchat. They try Google. They try Pinterest. And they become channel chasers. Mm, And they spread themselves thin, chasing channels thinking that some channel is going to have a silver bullet to fix their sales problem. And I'm here to tell you that that is not how it works. Okay. If you want to crack any channel, it's more important that you understand your avatar and you fix your positioning. So it's not the channel that's going to fix your sales problem. It's your messaging and your positioning. And the truth is, no matter what stage you're at, if you're doing 10 grand a month, if you're doing 100 grand a month, if you're doing a million dollars a month, if you're doing $10 million a month, everybody hits a sales ceiling. Okay, so everybody's going to hit a sales ceiling, and they're still going to try and force a channel to fix that sales problem. And I'm here to tell you, it still isn't going to work. So no matter what stage you're at, you need to take a step back and really fix your messaging and your positioning and your offer. How do you do that? You listen to your market. So we need to continually evolve our positioning based on a constant feedback loop with our market. And I hope that was a good enough nugget that you could walk away and implement. If not, stay tuned for the rest of the conversation. And I'll actually be giving you a five-part formula that you could use to fix your positioning no matter what stage you're at. Dude, I'm going to steal that phrase from you, channel chaser. Don't be a channel chaser. It's so true, though. I'm sure you guys see it all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think on our end, it's usually it's, oh, Facebook, we used to get 3x ROAS. So now it's like we're break even or things have changed. You know, I started my business in 2020 during the pandemic and things were crazy. And now it's back to reality. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. And so I tried TikTok. I went to Google and that that didn't work. Tried YouTube. It's going back and forth, back and forth. And at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the channel. It might be about a different approach for your product or service in messaging, avatar, understanding why your customers buy in the first place, which is not really the sexy message because they always want like, where's the thing? Where's the the silver bullet for me to get to that next step? And I think one of the most important things is to look at the things that you look at, which you have not told us what this five-part formula actually is. But I think... If you're listening on today's show and you have reached that stage where you've either hit a ceiling or maybe you've got a pulse, your offer is working, I think it seems like this methodology works for both sides of the equation. So maybe we can just get right into it and reveal the five-part formula and then 
also talk about other ways in which you can continue to scale and grow that business by not necessarily focusing solely on customer acquisition, which is something that's, I think it's super, super interesting, especially now. Yeah, you bet. I think looking at perpetual traffic, the podcast, in my opinion, I look at myself as maybe an advanced marketer. Cossum was definitely uh, pumping my tires a little bit there. And I appreciate that. If you can ever get Cossum to introduce you on something, I recommend you do it. It feels really good. He's a good hype man. (laughs) He's a good hype man. But I do feel like perpetual traffic, there's going to be a lot of smart marketing people listening to this, a lot of CEOs, marketing directors. And I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air because the principles I'm going to be walking you through, you're going to be like, I've heard that before. I know that, but I don't have a way to systematize it and prioritize it in my day-to-day work. And I think this is going to give you like a really simple way to use this in the real world and implement it. And you don't need to be like, wait a minute, I already know all that stuff. It's more like, oh, I already know that stuff, but this sounds like a really easy way to implement it. There's so much truth to the, I already knew that, but I don't have a system to deploy it. You know, it's like nutrition. It's like, I know I need to eat well, but I don't know how to eat well. Mm. You know, like I don't know macronutrients. I don't know how to meal plan. And now it's hard. And now I'm just not going to do it. And the minute somebody hands you a system and makes it easy, that's really the the value. That's the gold. So I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, exactly. I'm really going to break it down in a way that's reusable so that when you get stuck at 10K a month, you can use it. When you get stuck at 100K a month, you can use it. When you get stuck at a million or whatever it is, you can keep using this formula and it's a systematic approach. So let's get into the five-part formula. We'll get that going here. The first ingredient has to do with attention. I think you guys did a good job of getting the listener's attention saying, I got this magical formula and I'm speaking on all these stages and I've grown all these Shopify stores. So everyone's probably thinking, okay, he knows what he's talking about. This guy's got my attention. But if all of a sudden, Cossum started interrupting me and making some loud noises and doing some impersonations of Ralph, everybody's going to be laughing. Uh, football, uh, three downs <laughs> a quarter. Uh. Okay. So all of right. a sudden it's like, wait a minute. It's all of a sudden it's like, I don't even know what Scott was about to tell me. I was engaged, but now I'm laughing and I have a different emotion that just got evoked. Scott just lost my attention. Cosm has all my attention. And this is what happens all the time when we're advertising. Even if your product is going to change your customer's life, like literally change their life. And I know that you believe that it will, your product or service. There could be some pink, you know, what does Seth Godin call like the purple cow or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's some distracting thing that will have no impact on your customer's life, but it completely steals their attention and they walk away. Even though your product was going to change their life, some little distraction over here on TikTok, some dance video or something steals your customer's attention. They're lost forever. So we need to address this. And with the first ingredient, we're going to address this. And the the first ingredient, you probably all heard this in the marketing space, but it's the hook. It's the hook. And to come up with a good hook, we really need to understand our avatar. So the first ingredient in the formula is not about your business. It's all about the avatar. And we go through this like really nerdy 41 point questionnaire every time we're working on a campaign to get to know the avatar. We want to know like their undesirable state, their frustrations, how your product's going to change their life. Uh, But one of the simplest exercises that you could do as a listener to implement today, I like to compare the average day before and after a customer buys from you. And has everybody here heard of the company, or everybody here, I guess the listeners, you can leave a comment and let us know. But AG1 Greens, yeah, you've seen their ads. They do like the health drinks. Athletic Greens, okay, Athletic Greens. I saw a really good hook from them in one of their ads. And I don't work with them. I, I haven't bought their products yet. I might but they had a really good hook in one of their ads. It said, say goodbye to your daily pill routine. Say goodbye to your daily pill routine. So what are they doing with that hook? They're speaking to an existing pay point of that avatar. For anybody who takes daily pills 
And what happens when you take daily pills? You're thinking, did I forget my zinc? Did I take my vitamin D today? And you're always forgetting. It's an annoying habit that you have to commit to. So they're calling out that pain point. Nowhere did they explain what they do. So all they're saying is, do you have this problem in your life, which serves as a qualifier? Anybody who takes daily pills is automatically going to be like, this must be for me. This must be for me because I do it, but I don't like that I do it. That's the purpose of the hook. The better that we can read our customer's mind. And it's not easy. <laughs> it's mm. not easy. You have to do a lot of listening. Remember I said it's a constant feedback loop with your market to get your positioning right. You have to listen. You have to look at reviews and testimonials and send out surveys and talk with customers and listen to what they're saying in the chat support and all of these places. But when you have a really good hook, it really resonates. We run a lot of ads and we sell to Shopify store owners. One of our best performing hooks for our like entry-level training program was, is your Shopify store a hobby or a business? Oh, that's great. Mm. Okay, and this one outperformed really anything we ever tried. And why is that? It hits on like the primary pain point of anybody running a shop. It's like, I just got a little shame tingle there. It's, shame it's tingle. so calls out your avatar. Like you know exactly yeah. who your target market is. For me, like the AG1 example is like, all right, you're not educating them on should they take a multivitamin and is health important to you? You're already assuming that. Now you're going after the market who is already doing that, but next leveling it up. Oh, and you can do this yeah. in a tasty drink, you know, a gently dried powder or whatever it happens to be that has all these nutrients and it's going to be all these other benefits. So you're really calling out Eugene Schwartz style. They already know that they have the problem. They're seeking a solution. They just don't know that this solution quite exists yet. And it's an easier way of doing the thing that they are already doing. And that's a very large, it's a very large market, <laughs> which is always good. You just gave me a little tingle, Ralph, because <laughs> that was a really good point. We're not calling out, do you like health? Yeah, you qualify the prospect using the hook. It's like this hook is only going to appeal to the prospect that's right for you. One of the best hooks that ever worked for us was that exact thing. It was, is your media buyer lying to you? So it's not the, it's the person who's already outsourcing it, already using an agency oh, yeah, or maybe an employee, but they don't trust them. And they're worried about that. Like, I don't know what's happening on this other end, but it got rid of the whole, like, I'm brand new. I just want to try this. You're already running ads. And now you just need to know the truth. And so that intrinsic qualification with the hook, I think that's such a good point. Yeah. And the deeper you can go on that, the more it's going to resonate. And even with my Shopify example, I like that shame tingle. I'm going to steal that one. I like that shame tingle. But what we're trying to do is really like agitate their current state. Yeah. Right. They weren't on Facebook to shop for a Shopify solution. They weren't on Facebook to buy a health drink. Right. But all of a sudden, we've won their attention. So we stop them from scrolling. We stop them from scrolling. We rattle them up. And they're like, I always want to picture them like slapping their knee, mm -hmm. laughing, opening their eyes. But there's some type of reaction. Mm. Okay. And so that's the first. I think about it in a lot of ways. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel, by the way, you should be perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. I look at it this like thumb, thumb, thumb. I see my kids doing it all the time. It's like I'll be watching and I'm like, that's exactly what us as marketers are really trying to do. We're trying to get the, oh, the thumb freeze, the thumb stop right there. Like thumb you stop. caught my attention. I have a Shopify store. We were talking about pre record. You typically work with people who have. Shopify stores in most cases. Maybe they're selling on Etsy, maybe they're selling on other platforms, but you specifically know you can help those people. And I was on a call with a potential client who's going to become a client because they're a little bit larger, but these guys are part-time. They're like, I'm not sure if we, can we really make it? Can we not make it? 
It's like they're in between. They are exactly that avatar. Is your Shopify store a hobby or a business? Or a business or a hobby? Or have you tested that? Hobby or a business. Hobby or a business. Because business. Yeah. business, got it. Yeah, makes even more sense. Because if you're not prioritizing it, it's not growing. Is it really a business? It's sounding more like a hobby to me, right. which they don't want to hear. That's a little shame tingle. Yeah. I might drop shame tingle a couple more times because I love it so much. I like that. By the end of this, it's like Scott came up with that. <laughs> I'm going to coin that. It's a lot of trademarkable things we're saying here, Scott. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got the hook. We got the like, thumb freeze too. That was a good one too. And basically, when we win their attention, it comes with great responsibility. So if we're going to win their attention and read their mind better than anybody else could, what happens to the customer? They turn into a detective. So they become Sherlock Holmes. And the customer is about to interrogate you now. So it was all fun and games until you won their attention and, and made them commit to you a certain amount of time during the day. What happens? They become a detective. And now they're going to interrogate you with four lines of questioning. And these are the other four ingredients of the formula. The first thing that they're going to say is, yeah, you got my attention. And they're a little bit riled up now. Sherlock Holmes investigating you. And the first thing that they're going to ask is, okay, it's my Shopify store, hobby or business. Yeah. How are you going to help me with that? Or say goodbye to your daily pill routine. How? Mm. How do you fix this? With that line of questioning, we address this with what we call function attributes. So function attributes are your features and benefits. They literally explain how your product works, how you use it, what you pair it with, what the result would be, what the steps are, how you store it in your fridge, whatever it may be. It's the ingredients. I'm thinking of two things, service offerings and products. But if it's products, it's literally like the AG1 example. How many minerals in there? How many vitamins? What does it taste like? How long can I store it? When does it expire? How do I consume it? How is it different than a competitor's product? What's the value proposition on it? Why is it better than an alternative? With this one, it's literally like how my product's going to make your life better. And so then they're like, okay, so we'll go keep going through the formula. They're like, you got my attention. Okay, I don't want to be taking daily pills. Ooh, it sounds like this daily drink is going to solve this. And then the next line of question is going to be, but who are you? Who is selling this? So we address this line of question with what we call brand attributes. And with brand attributes, it's about triggering instant likability and relatability. So we want the customer to see themselves in your narrative. A lot of it has to do with the voice, but obviously the values. It's your values, it's your mission, it's your cause. And one of our favorite things to do in the Shopify space, which we have everybody do, is come up with a founder video. We love founder videos on Shopify stores because one, it doesn't seem like you're buying from a drop shipping store in a million countries away from you. It gives a face to the brand. But usually with Shopify stores that we work with, these owners are product category nerds. They are nerds in their product category. And people like buying from product category nerds. So what we would have founders be like, I climbed the highest mountain. I swam the deepest ocean and I almost drowned. But I got myself back up for two seconds. I got a breath of fresh air. And then I almost drowned again. But then I got back up. And I solved it for myself. I solved it for a bunch of people. And now I'm solving it for the world. And if we've spoken to the pain point of that customer, and they're basically like, okay, I have this problem. And now I need to solve it. Who are they going to buy from? They're going to buy from the person who already did the due diligence, did all the research, explored the world six times over to solve this and did it. Ultimately, the customer is going to see themselves in that narrative and be like, whew, I like this company. So we're getting close to the last two ingredients here, right? So first of all, it was the hook, got my attention. How does it work? We address that with function attributes. Ooh, I really like this company because the brand attributes. But is this company legitimate is the next question. So we all know as the smart people listening to this, we want to leverage social proof, but what we call influence, influence attributes. So these are third-party endorsements. And it would be things like 
of course, testimonials, reviews, user-generated content, but it's also things like certifications that you've received, awards that you've received, magazines you've been featured in, how many times you sold out of your product, how many five-star reviews you have, any kind of third-party endorsement we would use for influence. And then basically, by the end of it, now it's like, got my attention, get how it works, love the company, people are saying amazing things. The last question is, based on everything I know about this product in the moment, is the perceived value greater than the cost? So this five-part formula that I've been walking you through, we call it an offer stack, where our job is to preempt the objections in advance, stack so much perceived value that saying yes to buying is a no-brainer. So this last ingredient, we call this one transaction attribute. And to really tip the scale in our favor and leave nothing to chance, we're going to include an incentive or take away a risk with what we call like the transaction attribute. It could be something like 10% off your first purchase, buy two, get one free, free shipping over $100, or there's no discount at all. It could be something like taking away a risk, 30-day money-back guarantee, lifetime warranty, free exchanges. It could also be something like urgency and scarcity, limited edition, limited time. If you never discount, it could be pricing justification. I see this a lot. I've seen this a lot with a lot of ads lately. It's like, yeah, our stuff's expensive, but then we wouldn't have high quality products and we wouldn't have the best fabrics in the world. So you're standing by your price point and justifying why it is what it is. And there you have it. And essentially, really quickly here, just to wrap this up, when we have this five ingredient formula, we don't know which combination of ingredients is going to lead to the most people saying yes. So what I would advise everybody to do, if you actually want to implement this and improve your sales... I would say brainstorm as many hooks as you can, as many function attributes as you can, as many brand, as many influence, as many transaction, and then put on your apron, go in the kitchen, get a frying pan, because we're going to make some omelets. And all you're going to do is mix and match these ingredients and serve them up to your audience every day and find out which one's the fan favorite. So one day it's going to be like ham and cheese and bacon. The other day it's going to be green pepper, onion, mushroom. And we're just going to mix and match these ingredients Uh, I'm talking to two of the most brilliant ad guys in the world. So you would know that before we're going to scale a campaign, we're going to do a little testing. We take our five ingredients, we put them into an ad, we include it in the creative, and we just do a little bit of testing across many different offer stacks to find our winners. Can you do it all in one or should you do it in a sequence? What's been your experience? So from my perspective, I'm thinking of the AG1 ads that I see. I think Mudwater does this really well neither of which we work with as well. But I mean, we've dealt with a lot of brands very, very similar to those. Can it all be done in a single one fell swoop? We used to talk about this video ad formula, which sort of put all this stuff relatively... I love the way that you articulate it. It's far more clear, but it's the two-minute video. It's a three-minute video. Or should it be in sequence? Or what's your experience? And I'm thinking of this from a messaging like as an ad yeah. guy. What's your answer to that? Yeah, the answer would be for us, it's a mix and match process. So there is no set order in which the ingredients need to go. You don't always need to include all five. If you're sending out like email campaigns, you're not always going to see all five ingredients in an email campaign because the job of an email is to get people to the website. So on the website, you're going to see the five ingredients six times over. (laughs) You're going to see all the ingredients on a product page, all the ingredients on a homepage. With ads, typically the way that we train a lot of the merchants that we've worked with in Merchant Mastery is we do advise them to use all five ingredients when they're getting started. Mm -hmm. And once you really understand the principles behind this, then you can get a little bit more flexible. And what you just want to do is make sure you're intentional. 
So if you have an ad that doesn't perform, I got a cool story. It's this guy in Merchant Mastery who sells craft vinegar. His name's Rodrigo. Dude, people go crazy for that stuff, by the way. I had no idea vinegar had this weird cult following, but oh my goodness. Neither did I. My wife is one of them, but yes, it is true. He's in Massachusetts. Oh, really? Uh Oh. Yeah. You've given this dude money, bro, for sure. You probably did. I probably already have. Yeah. Yeah. When I first met him, I was like, wow, this guy is an all-star. I met him through this organization called Shopify for Startups, where Shopify sees like the next up-and-coming merchants, and they include them in this program. And then Shopify for Startups loves Merchant Mastery because we can actually help them build their foundations, launch sales campaigns. So we met him through that organization. And when we met Rodrigo, he went through all of our training. He worked on his positioning, his website. He had his emails all set up. But when he launched ads in his first experiment, he spent about $1,200 and generated less than 600 So that's less than 0.5 return on ad spend. Not so good. But it's okay when you're experimenting, but still not so good. So we're like, okay, we got to audit this. And this is what I mean about being intentional with the ingredients. When we looked at all of his ads, we we're like, yeah, you're nailing it on everything, but you're missing one key ingredient, brand, brand attributes. Where are the brand attributes? And we're like, you're selling something that people need to taste (laughs) online. So we want to really go big on the brand. And he said to us, well, I don't have an interesting founder story. And we're like, okay, well, in my lifetime, I guarantee you, I would never start a business selling craft vinegar. So something must have led you there. Something must have led you there. And he's like, okay, well, as we're like, tell us what it was. And he's like, okay, well, first of all, I was fed up with the, (laughs) the vinegar options in the market. Okay, interesting interesting. So I was in a library in France and I found this encyclopedia that showed this old method of fermenting vinegar from the 1800s. Like, okay, this is really interesting. So I consulted a university in Massachusetts to see if we can mimic this barrel and fermenting process. And we did it. And we ferment our vinegar for nine days at a time to produce these old ancient flavors. So pretty good founder story. Pretty like good. You didn't even see that. That's like a lot of these founders don't even know how amazing their own founder stories are. Right? That's so funny, dude. You're right. Because that's so compelling. As you're telling yeah, me, I'm just like, like on the edge of my seat. And then that, I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And who wants to try that vinegar, right? Yeah, like, right. Do you want to go try some big box white vinegar or that? And we relaunched those ads and we spent like $400 in the first week and hit a four return on ad spend. And we were able to roll them up to 30K a month. He sold out of vinegar. His people wanted to quit. All these fulfillment issues good problems to have, but he was missing one of the ingredients. And we were able to catch it through using this formula and the audit. The amazing thing is, is that humans are hardwired for stories. It's how we've passed on, like before the printing press and before the written word, before people could figure out how to like engrave on walls of caves or paint, that sort of thing. Stories are how history has been passed down. So we're hardwired for this. You could just see like, With your story, what you were talking about with this guy who sells vinegar, I kept thinking to myself, how is this going to turn out? As you're telling, you're a good storyteller anyway. So that obviously helps. The point is, is like, we're hardwired for that. And if it's the one element, I don't really do much baking, but when I do, I know you have to add just a little bit of salt to like bread. And if you don't put it in, it tastes like crap, but it's the one little thing that you need in order for the bread to taste right. I'm probably butchering this for like any bakers that are listening out there. But the point is, is like, I know like there's ingredients, there is a formula, but if you're missing that one ingredient, stuff will fall flat. And I think the story part of it is the one that people are like, ah, they sort of discount it. But it's the ads that I watch. And the reason why I don't have YouTube premium is because I love watching advertising. I mean, I guess I'm an ad guy, I'm a marketing guy, whatever. Point is, is like, I think the mud water 
ad came up on my YouTube yesterday as I was flying back from San Francisco. I watched the whole thing and it was his story. I was like, wow, that's really cool. But the point is, is we're hardwired for that. So each element of these five steps, it's essential to have them. And my question to you earlier was, do you put them all in one or do you sort of sequence them over time? But you have to have all five ingredients to get to that next stage. This is the part where we call this, ready for it, offer harmonics. Ta-da. <laughs> we call like, it offer what harmonics. instrument in the symphony do you leave out? You need it all and they're going to play on top of each other. And sometimes some will be louder than the other. or Maybe one opens the song, but ultimately you need everything for the melody. That's exactly it. And you think about these really brand attribute centric brands. I'm going to plant a tree for every pair of shoes that you buy or every shirt you buy. So that's one attribute. That's a brand attribute. Or I actually Mm. have this Pima cotton material in every t-shirt that's the softest fabric that you're ever going to wear. Is your avatar really buying because of the tree planting? Or is it because of the fabric? Or is it because of the whole package? Right. Mm. We, We don't really know. So that's why we want to mix and match these ingredients and find that perfect combination that gets people saying yes. So before we hit record, we were talking about a case study or a, a client of yours that had an offer with a pulse, which is typically like, all right, people can get lucky doing that. The client that I was talking about earlier, another one that sells on Etsy and just sends people links to buy it or exchanges money through Venmo for like their first transaction. They don't even have a Shopify store, but that tells me, all right, they have something that the world wants. You had a client that I have to assume used this whole five-step formula. Tell us a little bit about that and how you took them to where they were and to where they ultimately are. You bet. They nailed it with this formula. And when I first met Francesca and Elizabeth, their Shopify store was doing about $5,000 a month. And Elizabeth is the mom, Francesca's her daughter. And Elizabeth has been wholesaling her products since 2008. So she's been doing this a long time. And she manufactures fine silk male fashion accessories. So pocket squares, ties, bow ties, scarves, a few other things. And she had a lot of validation. She's been wholesaling for a long time. And then during the lockdown, her daughter, Francesca, was laid off from her corporate job in France. And she was like, mom, I'm going to join the family business. And mom was like, of course, there's not too much revenue to go around. So we'll probably have to introduce a new revenue stream. And they decided to pursue the journey together while also not sure if it was going to work. And they found their way to Merchant Mastery and they joined our undergraduate program. That's like our entry level program. And they were meticulous. Francesca is one of the smartest people I know. I'm surprised she didn't have a marketing background, but now she's like a marketing wizard. Thankfully, we were able to help her with that and just appreciate her as a person. But she basically buckled down. She worked on the five-part positioning formula. Everybody's always shy to do the founder story. They built a remarkable... This is one of the best founder videos I've ever seen. I'll send it to you guys later. I can can probably share it with everybody else somehow too. But it's like they're in Italy. They have this like romantic Italian music and they're such nice people and they dressed up for it. And like it just looked really good. And it was talking about how Elizabeth is a color consultant. See, these little founder stories are so interesting. She grew up in Rome and her dad used to show her the sculptures and she got fascinated by colors and she became a color consultant. And wouldn't you already rather buy somebody's pocket square who was a color consultant who grew up in Rome than from a big box department store? Mm-hmm. So it's really effective stuff. So they were really able to lean in on brand and how they how you know they only hire local and they support local. And they were able to really put together that five-part formula. They were able to update their website. This is the thing about Shopify stores and, and most people's websites. They could look really good, 
but they are really bad at selling because they're not including all five of these ingredients. Mm. And they just followed it to a T. They did all the five ingredients. We do a lot of email marketing. We're one of a few platinum Clavio partners in the world. So we do a lot with email. We help them set up their automated flows. We help them come up with a campaign schedule. And then we launch the ad experiment. And I remember it doesn't always start off as super successful. You got to learn which one is the fan favorite of the omelet and the offer stack. And then you do find your fan favorite. You eliminate the other ones. You come up with iterations of that winner. You see if you can scale it 10% a day and you keep on going. It's so funny because when I met them, they were doing about five grand a month. That was like a year and a half ago. By Black Friday last year, they hit $55,000 in the month of November 2022. And then I got a message in our community in September of this year, in 2023. It said, hey, I just want to share with everybody who hit our first 100K a month. Wow. When me and my mom met with Scott, he looked at our store and he said we were going to hit 100K by the end of the year. And neither of us believed him. I love that part of the story because, you know, they're blunt Europeans telling, <laughs> telling it like it is. But I saw what they were doing. And I'm like, the truth is for a Shopify store, the hardest part is getting to $1,000 a month. The second hardest is getting to $10,000 a month. Getting from 10 to 100 is actually quite a bit easier. You just need to control the numbers and the profits. But fast forward to two months later, they hit $286,000 in November 2023. Wow. Wow. Can you share the name of the store, Scott, so we can support them on the podcast? Elizabetta. Elizabetta. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Really, really phenomenal people. I would actually check out their website. See if you can find the five ingredients on their website. You will see it right in the top fold. Sign up to their email list. See if you can see these ingredients in their emails. See their retargeting ads. See everything that they're doing. They're just following this method to a T. Yeah, I'm on the site now. Everything's beautiful. And you're absolutely right. They really have followed the rules of e-com. Yeah. And it was just night and day. If you go to the Wayback or the, what is that? Wayback machine? Yep. Yeah, (laughs) archive.org. Yep. You could go check out what it looked like before. and There's nothing like this. And they've just really kept evolving. And once you really understand this formula, it's so funny because has anybody here ever had somebody come to you and say, hey, look at my website and tell me if it's good? The first question <laughs> every new prospect asks. Yeah. yeah. Can you look at my website? And the truth is, as long as you have these five ingredient formula in your back pocket, you can sound really smart pretty quick. Because you're like, oh, you're missing brand, you're missing function, you're missing transaction. And I've gotten a lot better at auditing websites with this formula in my back pocket. I think so many folks, and, and I think there's probably a lot of folks that listen to this show on a regular basis, they're so guilty of saying, oh, brand, are you kidding me? Come on. Like, I just want performance. I just want to put a dollar in. I want to get $3 back. Like every Shopify store owner has ever said to me ever, the magical three to one ROAS off Facebook, off cold traffic. It's interesting when you sort of see the evolution of performance marketing, especially in the last year or so, and the shifts that are now going on. You even see it from Meta's standpoint. Meta realizes that you you can certainly make sales, but to have a lasting impression as a brand and to actually become a legendary brand, you actually have to start doing branding. And people think that branding is, oh, I need to hire a branding agency and I need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and I need to buy a Super Bowl ad and that's branding. That is not branding. What are you talking about here? We'll leave links in the show notes for this site as well as some other examples. That is branding because it's the founder story. It's how you actually differentiate yourself from the market as opposed to buying this as a big box store or at a Neiman Marcus or a Talbot's or wherever it happens to be, like that's brand. And it's done without the assistance of million dollar budgets, which makes it so cool. 
it could be really expensive, right? That's the thing. And we're not big proponents of big expensive branding. When you have the budget to do it, do it. But that's not your first priority. When I think about brand attributes, it's what you said, Ralph. It's not about a big Super Bowl ad. The easiest way for me to think about it is how quickly can I trigger likability and relatability? So it doesn't need a $100,000 produced video. It just needs me to share my values, show who I am, show that I'm a product category nerd. And if that resonates with people, then you've won on the brand side to start, as long as your product's good too, <laughs> on, on the back end. Yeah. I mean, you have to have some operational excellence in there as well. But I think that's a really important quote. And I'm going to say that again. How quickly can I trigger likability? And you do that yeah. by being transparent. Totally. Being real. Yeah. And you can do that with a $100,000 video, but you could do that with a cell phone video or some, some copy pretty quickly. Yeah. Custom's thinking. He's in deep thought. He's well, like, I'm watching this video that they have on their website, and it's just so well done. Yeah. To the point that Scott's making, it's like, it's cinematic, but it's not overly produced. You know, I, they didn't spend a million dollars on it. They just thought it through really, really well. And what's funny about it, to the point that we're making right now, is you kind of fall in love with them. You're seeing this family business and the care that she's taking with the product. And there's something about anytime you see a master crafts person engage with whatever it is that they do. There was a guy that used to clean rugs. My father sells hand-knotted rugs. And anytime we needed a rug clean or restored, we'd, we'd bring it to this gentleman named Mo Tavasoli in downtown Scottsdale. He's this old Persian gentleman, one of the nicest men I've ever known in my entire life. And anytime Mo held or handled a rug, there was this moment where I was like, why don't I hold rugs? Like, how come when he holds it, it feels more special and more important than when I hold it? And he just had this way of like communing with it. It was so important to him. And I'm watching her with these silk scarves and you get that same impression, that same sense. And it's just like a really good IT guy who hits the keyboards or a baseball player who like grips the bat. There's just something about seeing, what did you call it earlier, Scott? A category nerd? Category nerd. Dude, we love them. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter what it is. You can talk to me about vinegar. I don't care about vinegar, but if you care about vinegar, I want to know all about the vinegar now. <laughs> and I want to buy know? my vinegar from you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And it does, that's the other thing too, is, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at their products the price on these doesn't matter to me now, as long as I can afford it. If it's not exorbitant, because I'm not buying the product alone, I'm buying the story. And when you ask me about my tie, I'm gonna be like, oh my goodness, let me tell you about Elisabetta and her daughter and this, you know what I mean? So building that in, it's such a value proposition. And what they did here is just really, really well done. You're right. It wasn't a massive budget. It was just authentic. And like, if yeah. you meet them in person, you'll see that they went all out. They dressed up. They got a good location. The location was really good. Oh, so got, it looks like a castle. I don't know where they are, but like, I see the <laughs> walls are faded, but obviously at one point were stunningly beautiful and colorful. And yeah, it's amazing. It's so well done. It's, it's you know, it's two minutes long. And I haven't been able to listen to it yet, obviously, because I was watching it on mute. But it's such a good example of that's the type of thing that really sets a brand apart. Because if I want to buy a tie, I'm going to buy the cheapest, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or the most affordable or the one with the biggest guarantee or whatever. There's no story to a tie. If I go to Ross, it's just like, all right, what tie? You know? But the minute you put this in front of me, now I'm buying a story and I'm buying into a kind of a narrative. And then I feel like I belong in a way, you know, like I'm sort of in this little special club. Yeah. Well, Scott, I mean, just to summarize, we've got the five part formula again, attention, then function attributes, then... Number three is brand. who are you? Brand attributes. <laughs> one that we've yeah. been talking about for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> Influence attributes is number four. And then five is transaction attributes. You got it. Is there any place where people can get this from you? Like where's the best place to download this, decipher it, 
meditate yeah. on it, think about it, think about how they can use it in their store and their brand. Yeah, I'll leave you with one cool idea about the offer harmonics, how it evolves. It starts with validating the positioning through an ad. We know that that's where we can get the quickest market feedback on our offer stack. But the truth is, once somebody clicks an ad, where do they go? They go to the product page or to the homepage or collection page, and then they opt into an email list, and then they receive emails, and then they buy, and then they receive upsells. So what you're actually thinking about is not just the offer stack on acquisition. You're thinking about where the customer is in the relationship and making sure that anytime you present an ask, you're using the formula for a greater likelihood of them saying yes. And when you can figure out not just the five-part formula that leads to sales, but you can get the five-part formula that leads to more yeses along the journey, that is true offer harmonics. Mm. And to learn more about it, you could go to our website, merchantmastery.io. There's a little tab in the navigation bar called free training. And I show a whole bunch of examples of the offer stack in action. Yeah, one thing that we didn't get to quite as much and which is fascinating, I think something that you and I are really, really into, especially in sort of coming from it in different ways is the whole idea of once they've become the customer, how do you treat them from a white glove perspective, customer success management, all of that in order to continue that story evolving. It's not all about the first transaction. It's about the post transaction. Like how do they feel about the brand? And that's in essence how you end up making a, a brand legendary. There's a resource that I want to share with the audience here as far as a book is concerned. But the point is, is like that's a whole part of it as well. And I'm sure these guys didn't just do this for elizabetta.net. Just by getting more transactions, it's all about the initial one, but then how they treat them throughout the entire process to get them to continue to buy over and over again, upsell, cross-sell, all of that. Anything to add as far as that whole part of it is concerned? Yeah. To me, this is the more important piece. I know you opened up with this. like It's not just about acquisition, the next sale, the next sale, the next sale. When we pay to acquire a customer, these days, acquisition costs are going up. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's hard sure to God, be profitable on acquisition, isn't it? Sure. Maybe you could break even a little bit better, be a little bit profitable. But the second time a customer buys, there's more margin left over because there's no longer that acquisition cost associated with the sale. And if they buy a third time and a fourth time, we just get more and more margin and profit out of that investment. The two metrics we've been really nerding out about over the last year and a half to two years is 60-day and 90-day lifetime value. And so the goal is to get customers to buy from you a second time within 60 to 90 days. <laughs> without going on too much of a tangent. The best way to do that, this is a whole nother, if you guys would ever have me back, we could talk about this next time. But it's about doing like quarterly campaigns. And I'm not just talking about discounts. I'm not just talking about Black Friday. I'm talking about like product launches. Mm. And you know, just in a nutshell, most businesses in e-commerce, they follow like a two promo model. So they'll piggyback off of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, mm. and they'll piggyback off of like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day or Father's Day. Right. So it's like two gifting holidays. Right holiday season and then like another one but to really generate momentum and get 60 day 90 day lifetime value we want quarterly promo spikes happening in our sales graph that makes a lot of sense you need a reason to reach out there has to be an event it's like an excuse or your ad account dries up and your ROAS suffers so that's it we need to generate demand in the off season through story through our own narrative and we want to treat a product launch as the biggest event of the year bigger than black friday so the reason I brought it up right now is that's just one way to get people coming back again and again and again and, and kind of giving them a reason to buy. 
Well, I think that's reason enough for uh, us to do part two with Scott Cunningham, because I'd love to get into that a little bit more. See how he got himself in there, Ralph? That was expertly done. It was like, oh, well, if you'll have me back, I'll open this loop, and then we can close it later for your listener, if that's something. That just, that's, you're a real pro, That just Scott. kind of shows I, I, you how legit he actually is. Like, he's yeah. doing it to get back here, the repeat <laughs> sale on perpetual yeah. traffic. I just want to hang out with you guys. Yeah, well, want well, we want to hang out with you, because these are uh, some serious knowledge bombs. Best way to get in touch with you, connect with you personally, is where? Obviously, we'll give links in the show notes here, but Scott John Cunningham on Instagram. That'd be the best way. There are a lot of Scott Cunninghams, but how I Googled it was Scott Cunningham Shopify, and then you just popped up everywhere. You will definitely find me with that. <laughs> okay. You'll definitely put up Scott Cunningham Shopify. Finding my name on Instagram was tough. It's 19 letters. Scott is five. Cunningham is 10. John is another four. 19 letters in my Instagram handle. It's a lot of letters. It's a lot of letters. But we'll leave links for that. Of course, wherever you listen to Perpetual Traffic, make sure that you do leave an honest review. We are giving away our traffic and conversion one ticket. You don't have to meet Kasim or I. So that way we'll get lots and lots of reviews, Kasim, but we will buy you a drink. How about that? Make sure that you do that. Time is running out on that. We only got a couple of days left here before that's the year end. Then you get to see Kasim, Scott, and myself at Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is very cool. And then also make sure that you do watch this over on our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. And if you are going to Traffic and Conversion Summit, just use Perpetual Traffic for your 20% discount link. If you're taking you and your team, we will definitely see you there. Of course, uh, you can follow me over on LinkedIn and Kasim at all the socials at Kasim Aslam. All resources and show notes will be on perpetualtraffic.com, especially all the ones we talked about here with Scott here today. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Scott, thank you for being on Perpetual Traffic this week. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 